T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. And welcome back. Bimaz and Beamer. Brian Mazarowski here uh, hanging out with you for uh, the next half hour or so. Coming up in uh, just a little bit, uh, I want to revisit an interview from yesterday on uh, what is going to continue to be as you know we get closer and closer over the next couple of weeks, one of uh, very hot topics around Western New York and New York State. Uh, COVID restrictions in schools. How long will they last? How long should they last? Uh, Michael Cornell, who's president of the Erie Niagara Superintendents Association, joined us uh, just yesterday to talk about a letter that was sent from his group, uh, dozens of superintendents around western New York, to the governor asking to allow the COVID restrictions, including the masking requirement, to end on February 21st, which is the day that they are set to end, something that I think surprised uh, quite a few people. We'll hear a little bit more uh, from him coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, we're on the heels of talking to Reverend Kaiser Pointer. Uh, he offered his thoughts, some words, on the Brian Flores lawsuit. It is, I think, a very interesting story to break down. I... You can point to so many different things, and there's so many uh, different uh, accusations that were handed out. I mean, the tanking, you know, paying $100,000, the offer from an owner. I'll give you $100,000 for each loss that you have during this season. An offer that he reportedly declined. Alleged offer, I should say. I mean, that's a bombshell in and of itself. Bill Belichick's text messages. I mean, to me, the biggest part of that text message was Bill Belichick uses exclamation points in his text. I mean, he texts like, you know, a 16-year-old. Bill Belichick. He's a way more animated in his uh, text messaging than I've ever seen him <laughs> in an actual person. I mean, that was kind of a bombshell. And then, of course, at the heart of it, there are these allegations uh, by Brian Flores that basically teams are viewing the Rooney rule that the NFL has as a joke, which... As far as bombshells go, I don't think anybody is really terribly surprised at that. Are you? I mean, it's something you would almost expect to happen. If you have a rule that says, you know, for this position, you have to interview so-and-so, you know, it doesn't, maybe it's based on race, maybe it's based on gender, you know, on any number of factors, you are almost certainly going to have 
instances where these interviews are conducted just to check the box, so to speak. You know, think of what happens in you know some of these high-profile uh, things. You can point to the New York Giants in hiring our old offensive coordinator Brian Dable. But think of uh, you know one of the Harbaugh brothers. He was maybe going to go back to Minnesota, uh, be head coach of the Vikings. I mean, it's a name that any NFL team would jump at. You know, they want him, and you know they would choose him without maybe even interviewing him. <laughs> but you have to follow this process, and, you know, anybody brought in for that process, I think, would have, you know, that question. Hey, I hear so-and-so, you know, pick, pick your name, is interested in this job, and he's likely to get it. Am I just here to check this box? My guess is that happens a lot. You know, what is the right way to move forward? I, I told Reverend Kaiser Pointer, undoubtedly, I think you will see what the goal of this Rooney rule is. Undoubtedly, in the future, you'll have more diversity in those ranks. I think that's the natural progression of things. As you have more over the period of time, more minority players, more minority coaches, eventually have more minority head coach. It will work its way up to that. The issue that a lot of people have with that is it doesn't happen fast enough, and that's the reason for the rule. You know, we know what the good end result is. How do we get there faster? How do we speed progress up? That's a very tough question, and I don't know if there's a right answer. I think the you know real question for the NFL is are they doing that earnestly? Are they doing this for the right reasons? Are they actually giving it a shot? Are they doing what they said that they were doing? Or are they just checking the box too? I think there's a difference there. I mean, there's also, you, you look at the uh, lawsuit, there's also the question of Brian Flores himself. You know, I'm reading a uh, New York Times article. It came out today. The title is, it's a, it's a quote. They used a quote as a title. All he's looking for is a sincere shot. And, you know, I look at that and say, well, I, I don't know if this is the person to really make that point for you. Because if you look at his coaching record now, I think it's obvious to say, all right, you put him in the worst team in the league, a team that everybody says is tanking, a team that now he says was trying to lose games. I wouldn't necessarily call that a a fair shot. But he did have a couple of seasons there. And he did okay. A lot of people will point to, look, he won seven games in a row. He did lose seven games in a row right before that. He was fair, nearly a 500 record, which is pretty impressive considering where they started. You also have to keep in mind, though, that there was this tension between himself, between management at the team, between the owner of the team. He clearly didn't want that quarterback that management and the owner wanted. 
So he didn't play him at times when he was ready to be played. Uh, there was this back and forth. They never seemed to quite be on the same page. And when that happens, regardless of what team you're on, what race is involved, anything, if your head coach is not on the same page and they're butting heads with the owner and management, I kind of know by experience who's going to win out in that, right? I mean, it's owner and management is going to direct the future of the team. Uh, They're not necessarily going to cave in to a coach who has had mixed results. So I do think it is a little odd. And, and again, you know, how how could you prove this any other way? I I mean, I I don't know if he's the right person to be making this. You, You know, the suit is against the NFL, the Giants, the Broncos, both of them. He said, uh, conducted sham interviews. And also the Miami Dolphins. I, I would imagine the Miami Dolphins scenario is, well, he's also alleging discrimination against the Dolphins, but I, I do think that's tough to do given the situation. You can argue that was a football move. And not to mention the general manager who would be in charge of making that decision is also black. I, I think that's a tough case to make in this point. But I do think the most interesting thing about this is what we talked with Reverend Pointer about, and that is the speed of progress, generally speaking. You know, how fast can you move forward? And you forget it was, what, 15 years ago or so? You had people on ESPN on nationally televised pregame shows questioning whether black people could be quarterbacks. I mean, that would be unbelievable. You'd be fired on the spot right now. I mean, that's unbelievable to consider. But that was an actual talking point. And, you know, look how far that it's traveled in the last 10 years. I don't think you can deny that progress toward equality is being made is it made fast enough to you know see that difference in your lifetime I think is what a lot of people are asking for I I think yes and and I think it does that naturally and I think without a doubt 20 years from now you'll see more black coaches in the NFL for sure I, I think that's just naturally where you're headed should you be doing something or anything to speed that process up? That's the point of this lawsuit. I think that's the question that the NFL is going to have to ask. And, you know, quite frankly, that's a question for a lot of America. How heavy-handed do we get in a speeding up process or a progress, excuse me? Not a question with an easy answer. For sure. Uh, definitely not something that can be answered in, uh, you know, with one rule, as the NFL has proved, or uh, in one show, as we're proving right here. Uh, but we want to thank Kaiser Pointer for coming on with us in the last segment. Uh, something that, you know, without a doubt, uh, would be interesting for a lot of people to go back and revisit on our website, WBEN.com. Is there going to be backlash, uh, by the way, Jimmy, for I just saw, I was looking up, we have the opening ceremonies on. 
By the way, you know, Starter, the company, I don't know who owns the Starter brand, might want to be looking into a lawsuit against Ralph Lauren. They basically stole their jacket design for what the U.S. was walking out in. They're the pullover starter jackets that everyone wore in the 90s. That's what Team USA was wearing. It's almost the same design, maybe a little bit longer. I don't know. Look into that. 90s are back. Team USA looked like uh, Bill's Mafia out in the tailgate, ready to march into the stadium. Pretty interesting there. But I noticed the, the anchors on NBC, they're wearing USA colors, USA gear. I don't know. Uh. Are you supposed to be rooting if you're a news anchor? That was a hot topic of discussion recently. I don't know. Might be unprofessional. Oh, go ahead. Go USA. Hope they do well at the events. To I'll, I'll look for the curling and figure out when that's on. Way fewer Olympic events than I thought there was, by the way, in the Winter Olympics. They all kind of fall under the same categories. Weightlifting should be a Winter Olympic sport. Who weightlifts outside? Nobody should be in the Winter Olympics. If if for nothing else, to pad up the Winter Games a little bit. They need more events. Summer, the list is, it goes like three pages. Winter, it's like skiing. We have shoot and ski, bobsled, luge, skeleton. It's all the same thing. You're just riding on a different sled, hockey, a couple other things, and that's it. Let's uh, pad it up a little bit. I'll uh, look for the curling later on today. But said I wanted to get to that interview. I thought it was important to listen to again. Uh, Michael Cornell, who joined myself and Susan yesterday on this issue of COVID restrictions in schools. We're joined on the line by Michael Cornell. He's president of the Erie Niagara Superintendents Association. Uh, part of a letter that includes... Well, uh, <laughs> technical difficulties, as always, Jim, that uh, we seem to uh, have here. But, no, we're uh, right in the uh, middle of this. Uh, Michael Cornell joined us yesterday. And uh, we'll make sure that you can hear that entire interview uh, right now instead of uh, cutting out at you. Here we go. We'll uh, head right back to that. And I Is that a very widely known uh, fact amongst uh, your colleagues? Well, it's. Good morning to you both. Um, yeah, it's, it is now. You know, we've talked about it over the course of the last week or so. And, um, you know, really the purpose of the letter was to acknowledge that the governor has, in fact, been responsive to the voices of, of school leaders uh, during her time as governor, much more so than her predecessor. Uh, we wrote to her in late November and asked her to, to direct the New York State Department of Health to provide technical and material support for test to stay. Because remember, at the time, New York State DOH said you can do test to stay if you want, but we're not going to do anything to help you, which was silly. Um, she, she did, in fact, after we wrote the letter, and it wasn't just because of our letter, many others were saying the same thing around the state. She directed the New York State Department of Health to provide uh, material and technical support, and that's why we're doing test to stay uh, across the state. Um, and in that letter, we also asked her to put an end to these kind of, you know, um, indefinite mandates, in particular masks. So, you know, we were glad to find that in the order, as it was put into the, the New York State Register, it expires on February 21st. Um, so that's, I don't think that date is very widely known. 
Um, and we wanted to kind of put that out there. And we do, and that, that kind of comes on the heels or within the context of some of the governor's public comments about getting the school experience for kids uh, back to normal, which includes lifting the mask mandate. So really the purpose of the letter was to acknowledge that she seems to listen um, and essentially to say, we agree, let it expire. When the idea of this letter then came up, how quickly did the local superintendent sign on? I saw 38 names. Very. I mean, you didn't, you just had to ask and that was right there? Yeah, I just kind of shared the idea uh, conceptually why it made sense for us uh, uh, to communicate with the governor in this way. And, you know, I I think public officials like the governor uh, take on a lot of fire um, when people disagree. And we also thought it was important for us to, on the record and publicly, uh, recognize an area of agreement that we have with the governor and appreciate the fact that she seems responsive. And I think she also understands uh, for what it's worth, that, you know, school-age populations have experienced the mildest symptoms related to the COVID disease itself, but they've suffered by far the most disruption. Um, and she said, you know, words to the effect of it's time to move beyond the emergency phase to a time when the presence of the virus no longer completely upends uh, the lives of our kids. It's also worth noting um, you know, as we look at some of the data and the analysis that's out there, Joe Allen, you've heard me speak of Joe Allen before. He's a professor at the T.C. Chan School of Public Health at Harvard. And he's talked about the efficacy of universal masking versus the use of an N95 mask. Um, and his analysis, he's, he's talked about it since mid-December, is that an N95 mask provides 95% protection from airborne particles uh, regardless of what those around you are doing. And that's over and above the protection one gets from a vaccine and a booster. Um, so he's advocated for the end of the mask mandate because his research tells him, and nobody's been able to disprove, debunk, or credibly challenge his analysis, and it's been out there for the better part of two months now. Um, you know, he's saying that it's time uh, to move on. Uh, And I think it's exactly this kind of analysis the governor reflects on when she says herself uh, that it's time to move on. Do you point to or is anybody bringing to the state or a a local county government's attention what's happening in other parts of the world and in other parts of the country? Because in many ways, we're an outlier here where children as young as two fall under this mask mandate for being indoors you know, there's many parts where life has been and school has been pretty much normal for the better part of a year, or a year and a half um, in other parts of the U.S. and certainly around the world uh, because that's been made the priority. And we haven't really seen, you know, uh, doom and gloom or anything like that result uh, from those decisions being made. I never really hear anything about, you know, other parts of the country or the world where different policies have been enacted over the past year and a half. Is that being brought to their attention that, you know, hey, we don't have to guess here. You can kind of see how this might work. Yes, we've we've had some conversations locally. Um, I had the opportunity to sit with the governor's uh, secretary for education in December, and we made the point. Um, You can look at two neighboring states. Um, You can look at uh, Pennsylvania and Ohio, who have not had mask mandates across the state at all this year. Um, You know, 38 out of 50 states don't have statewide mask mandates. 
um, you know, most of the OECD, um, you know, developed countries around the world don't have them. So we've we've done our best to kind of um, paint a picture of of the context within which we continue to do this. And, you know, frankly, I mean, our and that's really the role we play. Right. I mean, it's not we we want to stay in our lane. We're, we're, we're teachers, educators and the like. We're not public health um, experts by any stretch. But we, what we try to do is bring to bear in the conversation that we have with those who do ultimately have the authority to make decisions, the fact that there is a context out there which gives us some insight into what would happen if we didn't have a mask mandate. And in fact, you know, like I said, Joe Allen uh, would tell you that we're safer uh, with having uh, people who want to be especially protected wearing an N95, which are now readily available. They weren't readily available six months ago. They are now. Um, you're more safe with one person wearing an N95 than two people wearing a surgical mask. You know, so, you know, we, we do our best to bring that information to bear on the dialogue. But ultimately, we're not the ones who make the decision. You know, um, you know we're not experts in that field. Um, you know, there is a New York State Department of Health that has a team of epidemiologists who can look at the research themselves, who can perform their own analysis based on the research and frankly have the obligation to use the data to, to generate some analysis that results in effective public policy for schools and other environments. Michael, um, has test to stay been a game changer? I know it's been a short time for the county, but uh, how is it going? Great. You know, there's a reason why we advocated it, advocated for it, since the summer, uh, we have very, very, very few students, if any, who are unnecessarily quarantined. Um, so um, it's been great and um, provided, uh, again, another step uh, along the path of normalizing the school experience for young people and for families. Michael, thank you for the time this morning. Michael Cornell is uh, president of the Erie Niagara Superintendents Association, joining us live. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.